Thank you, thank you. So this week as I was thinking about our blessing of the backpacks in school uh, about to begin again, I started to think about, uh, one, how excited I was that I did not have to go back to school again this year, but I also tried to remember what that excitement was like uh, those few last critical, super exciting days of summer. And as I was thinking about what I used to do at this time when I was in school, I'd, we'd run around and get all of our school supplies. We made sure we had all of our books. We'd go to the open house and drop off all the things. But what I really remembered was how I would spend every extra second making sure I was dedicating that time to having fun. Anybody agree with me on that? We were, we were trying to soak up every last second of freedom before school began. And as I was thinking about what I used to do to have fun before school started, something I remembered my family always doing was coming around the kitchen table and we'd get out some board games and we'd sit around and play games or a deck of cards and just play and play and play. So on this back-to-school Sunday, I thought uh, we would throw a Cypress Lake staff game night and record it, and then we'd have some video clips for y'all to see some different board games, and then how those affect our daily lives and our faith. Let's check out our first one. Boy, I am so excited for Cypress Lake staff game night. I've got my popcorn and my peanut butter, but... Well, where is everyone? Well, until they get here, nothing beats a quick game of solitaire. One player game it is. No. Nope. Oh, this game. Oh, there we go. This game is so Oh, another one. I'm really on fire right now. Okay, we'll keep trying. Oh, gosh. Well, this isn't working. Maybe I'll try again. <laughs> the videos get better, I promise. <laughs> so what can a game of solitaire teach us? It's that sometimes there are parts of our faith journeys that we go on alone. That's a reality for each of us. There's times in our lives, and whether that's in our spiritual journey or in the journey of life, where uh, we seem to not have anybody around to support us or to walk alongside of us. And that can be really discouraging at times when you feel like you're alone, especially when you come to a rough patch or a time of crisis and you really wish you had someone there. But when I think about playing solitaire or at our game night, uh, something that I realize is even though I might have felt alone, we can be of good cheer because God is still with us. You see, there are parts and times in our lives where there are things we do need to work out just between you as the individual and God. There's just some things that we need to take care of. We need to be honest with God and we need to overcome whatever that challenge or that problem is in our journey. You see, the first chapter of James, verses 2 to 4, says this. He gives us a great challenge. He says, Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. 
You see, there are going to be seasons and times of each of our lives where we are going to feel alone. That's going to happen. Or where we don't have someone else to turn to. But we have to remember as believers, one of those assurances we have when we give our lives to Christ is that God is with us. And we have to trust and believe that God is still working in us and on us for whatever's next. And that whatever's next, that that looks different for each of us. See, we learn in that passage from James that he says there's going to be certain things that come to each and every one of us that are different, but they're going to come and it's going to be challenging whether we want them to or not. And as crazy as it is, he says to consider them with great joy so that we can fight the good fight and gain endurance. And the type of endurance that James is talking about is not physical endurance, but rather spiritual endurance. And when we, are, when we persevere, when we work hard, when we fight the good fight, we gain maturity, completeness, and we lack nothing. I think that might be one of the goals in each of our lives, that we lack nothing. James tells us if we have that spiritual endurance, we will persevere, and then there are great rewards for those who do. Sometimes, even when we feel like we're alone, remember that God is with us. So let's check back in with our game night and see if anybody else has decided to show up. Oh, hey, I'm glad you're here. Hi, where, where is everybody else? Well, I guess I'm the first, well, you're the second one here. We could, uh, we could do a two-player game, do you know any? I think there's a chessboard in the closet. A chessboard? Chess is just the greatest game ever. When I was in college, I was the chess team captain for six years. Oh, I just love it. You get the, all the different pieces and they all do different things. And you can play faster, you can play slow, and it, it, it takes a lot of thinking, but you can really, really have a lot of fun playing chess. I mean, there's so many different strategies. I don't even know where to begin. I mean, there's just so many. You can move some pieces too. You can go diagonal. Then there's this little horse and he likes to play, but then there's a queen and a king. And oh my gosh. I just live for playing chess. Are you ready to play? All right, white pieces get to go first. All righty, so I move this here? Yep, just like that. Okay. okay. Uh-huh, yep, that'll be fine. I think that's a checkmate, right? Oh my gosh, it is. Beginner's luck, beginner's luck. Let, yeah. Let's play again, let's play again. Okay. Checkmate. Oh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Check me. Ah! There is no way. Check me. Oh, that's it. Please, no. Not again. No! <laughs> Are you all clapping because I lost, or...? <laughs> <laughs> I have to mention the other thing. When I showed that clip to a few people, the number one question I got was, were you really the chess team captain in college? The joke was I was in college for six years. Okay, thank you. Oh. <laughs> All right, refocus, back to sermon mode. <laughs> so the point of that video is this. Just because you think you know everything doesn't prove that you actually do. 
In James, the fourth chapter, it says pretty two great things, things that I think the guy in the video could learn a lot from. In the fourth chapter, verse six, it says, but he gives greater grace. There he, therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And a few verses later, he says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. So what's the point? It's that sometimes when you think you have it all figured out and you're the master of something is when you realize just how far away from the truth you really are. And this is especially true when it comes to our faith. If we ever get to a point in our journey where we think we've got it all figured out and we know what all of the moves and all the things we're supposed to do are and that we are just the top-notch Christian is when we realize how far away from the truth we are. You see, our faith is not some game where you can just move a piece or I'll read the Bible today or I'll go to church this day and I'll be all set and I'll win. There's no winning in our faith because God has already won for us on the cross of Jesus Christ. And this journey that we're on is a journey that takes a lifetime. Our faith isn't just a one-time checkmate moment whenever we give our lives to Christ, but rather we keep learning, we keep growing, and we keep going on the path that God wants us to live on. And something else we learned from this video or a two-player game is the importance of having someone in your life to hold you accountable or to keep you in check. And that can be a mentor. I hope many of us have had mentors in our lives that have showed us the right way or helped us through a difficult time. Or perhaps that's a family member that you look to or will tell you when you've gone too far and pull you back in. Or maybe it's a spiritual director, someone like a, like a Stephen minister. You see, this journey we're on as believers is not meant to be done alone. And yes, there are some parts of the journey that are just you and God that we talked about, but that's not the entire journey. At some points on that walk of faith, we do need someone to come alongside of us and to pick us up where we are to help carry us for a little while. And if you're hearing me say this and you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't have that person in my life, whether that's right now or that person isn't with me any longer, I don't have that person to hold me accountable or someone that I can check in with or talk about my faith with. I want to remind you of an incredible ministry at our church called Stephen Ministry. And this is a group of trained and compassionate leaders. Amen. They're good people. And they're willing to come alongside of you wherever you are on your journey. These are folks that want to care for you in a one-on-one -on -one way. They'll come and meet you where you are, whatever, wherever you're, if you're sick or you're having a crisis of faith or a, whatever is happening in your life and you just need someone to talk to that's trained to do that, know that they are available. There's these little cards in your pews that you can read a little bit more about Stephen Ministry if that's something that you're interested in. Or if you have more questions about how to get that one-on-one -on -one type of care that we can offer you as a church, come talk to Pastor Joe or myself, swing by the church office. We'd love to talk to you and be that person that comes alongside of you. Because we're all on this journey together, and when one of us falls, it, it hinders all of us. We want to help each other do the best we can in every way. 
So now that we've had our one-player game and know that parts of our faith journey are between us and God, we've had our two-player game of the importance of having some accountability and having someone to check in with you, uh, let's tune back into installment three and see if anybody else has showed up for game night. All right, everybody ready? Our first game of yeah. Staff Charade. All right. Yeah. Uh, uh, fishing? Oh, this is movie. Karen, help, help us out here. We're a team here. We're supposed we're to be so guessing. We're, we're, we almost got it. Here we go. Uh, Obviously, uh, it's Wonder Woman. Yes! Yes! Yay! Yeah! Yeah! Of course. Wonder oh, Woman! Yes! So if you don't know who that person is, that's Karen Schaefer, and she's Pastor Tom's wife, and also the director of our traditional worship, and a wonderful team player. <laughs> so there are times in our lives where we're all going to need a big support system, or we're going to need a team to help us, to help us accomplish our goal. Can you think of a time, perhaps in your life, where you had to count on other people to pick you back up? or to keep you moving along. People who went out of their comfort zone or went out of their way to help you when you were struggling. You see, Jesus did that quite often. Jesus also had a team. He called them his disciples, and they traveled around together, and they healed people, and they cured them, and performed many miracles. And all throughout the Gospels, we read about Jesus and the disciples. The sixth chapter in Luke says, When daylight came... He summoned his disciples and he chose 12 of them, who he also called apostles. And even if you don't realize it, we're all on a team here as well. We're all on Cypress Lake United Methodist Church's team. And when you're on this team, that means that all of us have a role to play. Everyone needs to have some kind of a job or place that they serve. See, if we're going to be the church that Christ calls us to be, we need everyone to be involved in something other than just coming to church. And on the back of your teaching notes that are in your bulletin, I put together a little short list of opportunities for folks to get involved. If you've been coming to church here for a while, or maybe this is your first time and you're wondering about different ways to serve and to get plugged in, uh, this is a good place to start. See, we need people who can volunteer for a few hours a week over at our preschool at Bright Beginnings to help support our incredible teachers and our students in that very formational time of their lives. If a weekday doesn't work, how about a Wednesday night? You can get involved serving with our children's ministry, our preschool to fifth grade. Or Sunday nights, we have our growing youth group that has their own building and their own space. They would love to have more adult volunteers or maybe children, and that's not, your, that's not your niche, that's not where you can serve. Well, how about getting involved in some kind of a small group or a Bible study? Next week, we're going to be sharing about all the different classes that are going to be starting in the next few weeks. Go out of your comfort zone. Join a class. Make that commitment. We need people who are willing to come and share their musical gifts as we praise God together. 
What if you're passionate about mission work, serving in our local community? Or what if you've always wanted to go on a mission trip abroad? You can go and visit one of our sister churches in El Salvador or Cuba or Angola. We need people who can just be here on Sunday mornings to serve as greeters and ushers and welcome people in the pews. But perhaps the, most, the thing we want most is people who are willing to be brave, to help start and launch new ministries that our church doesn't even have, but we totally could. We are so blessed at this church with such an outstanding campus and so many resources and so many people. Imagine the things we could do if we all used our gifts to serve God. And part two of that, and why that one is most scary, is because it could fail. You could try to launch a new ministry or do something great for this church, and it just doesn't happen the way you want it to. Failure is a part of our faith. We have to not have success every time if we're going to grow and we're going to learn. Friends, the list of opportunities goes on. There are so many ways for us to get involved. If you are feeling that tug and that push that you want to do something more than just be someone who sits in the pews, come and talk to somebody on staff. Swing by the church office. We'd love to talk to you. But with that being said, we talk about the seasons in our life as well. And there are times, there are seasons in our lives where sometimes all you can do is just come and sit in the pew. And there is nothing wrong with that at all. But there are also seasons in our life where God pushes us. God challenges us to do something more than what we're doing. Be open in your time of prayer or study to listening for God's voice of what he'd like you to do to serve our church and our community. What I'm trying to say is don't have an attitude like this when it comes to serving the church. <laughs> we don't need any more of those kind of people in the church, okay? But what we do want, we want somebody with this kind of enthusiasm. <laughs> we want people who are excited to come and serve because we have been given the greatest gift of all time, which is eternal life in heaven with Jesus Christ. And if we, through our baptisms, are initiated into Christ's holy church, don't we want to make it the best it can be for everyone else? I mean, we have been given so much. We have been given more than we can imagine for absolutely free. So why won't we take that step forward? Why won't we get out of our comfort zones and do something we might not have ever done before? Whether that's serving with children or using your leadership gifts or your finance gifts to help steer this ship. If you haven't noticed, this is a very large ship, and we need lots of people to make it move forward. The bottom line is this. We need you. Whatever your gift is, whatever your gifts you don't even think you have, it will be useful in the eyes of God and to this church. I was just recently out at the largest Methodist church in the United States. It's in Leewood, Kansas. It's called Church of the Resurrection. That's their new sanctuary. And I was there at the Institute for Young Preachers trying to become a better preacher. And I happened to just bump into this guy. We were out there, hundreds of us. And I said, oh, hey, uh, nice to see you. I was there. None of my friends had arrived. And he, I said, are you here for the conference? And he said, actually, no, I work here. I said, wow, that's awesome. Uh, what do you do here? And he said, well, I'm the director of adult discipleship and formation. And I said, well, you were just a great person for me to know and to bump into. I said, how in the world did you convince all of these people? They have over 10,000 people a weekend at their church. I said, how did you convince them the importance of being involved in the ministry of the church? How did you convince them that being in a small group or a Bible study is so important? 
And we were sitting in a little coffee shop while this was happening, and he just kind of smirked. And I was expecting this long response of this five-point plan, like you inspire them, and then you motivate them, then you plug them in, and before you know, they're hooked. That wasn't what I got. He pointed out a toaster, and he said, we told our church if they can plug in a toaster, they can get plugged in here too. That's it. That's all we had to do. So friends, what I've come to tell you today is we need more people who are willing to plug in toasters. Take a risk. Take a chance. Come and talk to one of us and share with us what your gifts are, and we want desperately to empower you to serve God in whatever way that is. Amen.